Well, the left is bringing out the big guns in this debate on abortion that we are now having across the country. As I said, when Roe v. Wade was overturned, that's not the end of the fight. This is the beginning of the fight. And you can tell anytime you talk to someone who's pro-abortion, anytime you open your Instagram, anytime you look at Twitter, anytime you turn on a cable news channel, you can tell that the left's abortion agenda, that they feel it is existentially threatened, as it should be. That's the position I like to see radical leftist abortion proponents in a defensive posture, feeling that they're losing because they are losing in a culture of life. But what they do when they're in this defensive position is they try to emotionally manipulate the entire country. It's essentially emotional blackmail. It's worse even than manipulation. They bring out stories of ectopic pregnancies. They bring out stories of coat hanger abortions. And most recently, they've trotted out a story. It's a horrendous, horrendous story. In fact, if you have children listening to this right now, um, you might want to walk in the other room because this is something no child should even hear about, let alone experience. But there was a 10-year-old child, a 10-year-old girl who was raped and impregnated by her rapist. And the left trots this out to tug at our heartstrings because it's so awful. It's so horrendous. And you feel so helpless in that kind of situation to help this child who's been victimized and abused. They taught, they, they trot out these things, these, these, these lies about what an ectopic pregnancy is and how to treat it. This, this threat of coat hanger abortions, back alley abortions, abortions that aren't quote unquote safe and women will die. And then the threat of children being raped and what to do if these children get, get pregnant by their rapist. This means that the left, when they use this kind of emotional blackmail, they're really frightened about whether or not they're going to be able to continue committing their abortion. So they are actively trying to poach people in our country, voters who would otherwise identify as pro-life, who would otherwise say, no, I'm against abortion because it's wrong. They use these stories to try to, well, reach across the aisle and get support for their for their abortion agenda. And I, I know this is a really heavy topic. I know all of these things are I mean, they're very, they're very heavy. They're very dark. They're, they're very gruesome. But we do have to, as conservatives, we do have to talk about these things because the left is very, very good at lying. They're very, very good at manipulating emotions and they're very good at propagating false narratives in order to garner support for their agenda. And in this case, since their agenda is death, since their agenda is killing unborn children in the womb, we cannot let them win in that fight. So let's talk about these things and debunk these absolute hideous lies that they're telling I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. Now, I like Genucel because it works. How old does your mirror say that you are? Ladies and gentlemen, you can delay even asking this question for 5, 10, even 15 years with the new ultra-retinol serum from Genucel. Marina from Fort Lauderdale, Florida loved it so much. She says, Great product. My skin loves it. I've spent more money on creams over the years, she said, enough to pay off my house. Just kidding. But it feels like that. This product has changed my life like no other. Now, my friends, Marina's flying high with Genucel's new ultra retinol serum with hyaluronic acid. This technological wonder hydrates your skin at a cellular level and builds on this deep moisture with the incredible anti-wrinkle effects of phytoretinol. Go to genucel.com right now and you can get up to 50% off this brand new ultra retinol serum. You're gonna be amazed with the results or you can get your money back. You'll also get Genucel immediate effects for results in 12 hours or less. It's free with your order if you go to my URL. It's genucel.com slash Liz. It's spelled G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Liz. Go to genucel.com slash Liz. You'll get free express shipping free returns, exquisite customer service. That is genucel.com slash Liz. You'll love it. I love it because it works. Okay, before we get into the meat of this show today, I want to just say I really missed you guys last week during 4th of July. I went home to Ohio to visit my family for Independence Day. It's, you know, a tradition wherever I am in the country. At that time, I go and visit my family in Cincinnati, Ohio. We, you know, we celebrate Independence Day. We go to parades. We This year, we actually didn't do fireworks because I had to put my daughter to bed. But it's, it's a patriotic, um, a, a patriotic good time. And I do have a couple funny stories that happened when I'm home because you know what it's like when you get together with family. But we have too much meat in this episode to get into that. So stick with us throughout the week. I will be talking a little bit more about that. Also, 
Huge thanks to Spencer Clavin for guest hosting this show while I was gone. He did a phenomenal job. Um, what's really funny is behind the scenes, I have a hard time letting go of my show. I have a hard time taking a vacation. So I'm texting Spencer furiously last week as he's researching and prepping to host my show because I was honestly, I was jealous that he got to host the show on the day that the Supreme Court ruled on the Obama era EPA um, regulations and that they they addressed the Chevron deference and they did not abolish the administrative state. Um, I was jealous that he got to talk about that. It, it, he had really, really good things to say. If you haven't already listened to his episodes, he did two of them. He did abolish the deep state, the one about um, the Obama EPA, the Supreme Court smacking that down. And he did another one called, is abortion actually a state issue? This is something he and I have debated for a long time because I think that abortion should be banned federally under the idea that we can't pick and choose which demographics of people in our country are afforded protection by the Constitution. Either you're a person or you're not. And if you're a person, which an unborn child is scientifically, then they have to be afforded constitutional protections. And that's not something that voters can, can vote on state by state. It's not really a matter of democracy. It's a matter of human rights. And Spencer, you'll listen, you'll hear, um, is being convinced of that. So thank you, Spencer, for guest hosting my show. You did a great job. And if you guys haven't already listened to those episodes, I highly encourage you to do so. I actually always learn a lot when when Spencer talks about these things, it's, uh, I, I enjoy, I enjoy listening to it, although it is trippy to listen to your own show like that. Also, before we get into the abortion stuff, the Highland Park shooting that happened in Illinois at the Independence Day Parade, it's so awful. It's, it's truly awful. Um, half a dozen people killed, dozens injured by this, this young man who opened fire from a roof and, and murdered these people. But we all the details are still coming out. What happened? Did he dress up like a woman? Were there red flags? Did police, were police sent to his house years before and confiscated knives and other, and swords and other weapons because he was issuing death threats? We're still putting together a picture of what actually happened, what led to this. But one thing that I want to note right now, one thing that we already know is, again, the story is the same. This young man came from a broken family. This young man's parents were a mess. This young man had a mother who was known in the community to be unstable. Police were sent to their home often because of fights that the parents had. The police were sent to them to break up these fights. The children, this, this shooter has a brother and a sister. These children were neglected at after-school programs. The mother just didn't pick them up on time. This, every single time, we experience a tragedy in our nation, especially a mass shooting. The left always wants to point their finger at guns. And if they don't get gun control, they at least want to get a lot of government money thrown at the problem, thrown at the school system. And they completely ignore the commonality. The commonality in all of these shooters are broken families, broken marriages, parents who don't do their duty by their children. This is this is the bulwark. Uh, you can go back and listen to the episode that I did after Uvalde, because this was the exact same scenario that happened in Uvalde. The bulwark against this kind of evil atrocity has to be the family unit. It can't be the government. It can't be the school system. It can't even be this, this intangible idea of a village or a community at large. It has to be the nuclear family. And until and unless we as a society admit this, acknowledge this, and then the government actually promotes and encourages the nuclear family unit and marriage between one man and one woman raising their own children, then there's no, we're not going to be able to, as a society, create a bulwark against these, these evil things happening to us and happening to our children. Time and time again, it always comes back to broken families. Meanwhile, out in California, Governor Gavin Newsom actually used campaign money, his own campaign, his re-election fund for 2022 to run a television advertisement. It's a 30-second spot, but he didn't run it in California, even though it's just California voters who are going to be voting for him. He actually ran this ad in the state of Florida. I don't know whether this was a publicity stunt or whether he's actually this stupid, but this advertisement, um, I mean, it's one of the most hilarious things that happened over the weekend. It's Independence Day, so let's talk about what's going on in America. Freedom, it's under attack in your state. Your Republican leaders, they're banning books, making it harder to vote, restricting speech in classrooms, even criminalizing women and doctors. I urge all of you living in Florida to join the fight or join us in California, where we still believe in freedom, freedom of speech, freedom to choose, freedom from hate, and the freedom to love. Don't let them take your freedom. Paid for by Newsom for California Governor 2022. 
Okay, Gavin. Yeah, it has. It has. It has everything to do with what's happening in Florida. Nothing to do with what's happening in California. Here's a question: Are there any disaffected Floridians? Are there any Floridians that are fleeing the state based off of what DeSantis has done in the state? I don't think so. What I think the reality is, and I know Gavin Newsom has a hard time grasping reality, even when it's looking at him right in the face. California lost the highest number of citizens and the highest percentage of citizens compared to any other state in this country. People left California in droves. They are leaving currently California in droves because Gavin Newsom has run California into the ground. You go to San Francisco, there's poop on the sidewalk. There's there's drug needles everywhere. There are tents, homeless people everywhere. The restaurant industry was obliterated, not just in San Francisco, but in Los Angeles and San Diego and all the beautiful places that people would go to vacation, the beautiful places that people would live and they liked to eat out, obliterated because of not COVID-19, the virus, but because of Governor Gavin Newsom locking down the state. People were forced to shut their businesses down. They weren't allowed to go to church. For goodness sake, paddleboarders by themselves in the ocean were arrested during COVID. I myself in San Diego was sitting on a grassy hill in a park and a policeman on a little ATV four-wheeler came over to me with his mask on and said, you're not allowed in the park because of COVID. To which I said, well, there's nobody around me for about, I mean, I was surrounded by probably 200 yards of space before there were any people. And I was like, the closest contact that I've had to any person is you, sir, on the ATV. This is the California that Gavin Newsom has created. He wants it to be an abortion sanctuary state. This is why people are leaving California. There's nobody moving to California because of what Gavin Newsom is doing. Because if you move to California, you lose money. If you're, an, if you're, a, if you're a Florida resident right now and you make $200,000 a year, why on earth would you move from Florida where you're paying zero state income tax to California where you're now going to be paying $20,000 of that, of that $20,000 of your $200,000 income to taxes to give it to Gavin Newsom so that he can do what? So that he can do what? He can run the state the rest of the way into the ground. Think about all the businesses that have left. Tesla's left. The Daily Wire's left. Dave Rubin has left. We all fleed. We all fled California because of what Gavin Newsom did. And so I don't know if this is a publicity stunt or Gavin Newsom is just so incredibly out of touch and elitist that he can't he can't see the reality when it's right in front of his face. But the left has this problem. It's not exclusive to Gavin Newsom, where they think that the issues that they are, where they are very extreme, and I know they're extreme on all the issues, but the issues where they are very, very extreme and at odds with even voters in their own party, like their position, the elected Democrats' position on abortion compared to the position of Democratic voters, this is a this is a huge turnoff for voters across the country. And they're they're overplaying their hand in a way that I, for one, am really excited to see come back to bite them in November of 2022, in just a couple of months now. I'm excited to see what's going to happen because what they're doing is they're they're overshooting. They're 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 overpromising in a way that's going to cause de- even Democrat voters or otherwise Democrat voters to vote Republican. And one of the ways that they're doing this right now, they've, they've been doing this since Roe v. Wade was overturned about a week and a half ago, is on abortion. They know that when the American people, first of all, the American people, you and I probably, don't even like to talk about abortion. Even if we are pro-life, we don't like to talk about abortion because those of us who are pro-life, who understand that life begins at conception, understand also what the abortion procedure is, that it that it ends the life of that baby in the womb and that it's gruesome and that it's brutal and that it's bloody. And we just don't want to talk about it because it's traumatic. We are already against it and it's really upsetting to have to discuss it. And so a lot of even pro-lifers and conservatives just don't want to talk about it. And I get it. I completely get it because I feel the exact same way. I don't want to address the reality of abortion unless I have to. And the other side, the left, doesn't want to talk about it because the very radical leftists who also understand what abortion is and what abortion does to a baby, they don't want to talk about that because they know that it's a, it's a turnoff to people who would otherwise support just this vague idea of being pro-choice, meaning, oh, it's a woman's body. She can choose to do what she wants. Who are we, the government, to tell her what to do? No, no. Those people identify as pro-choice because they don't want to associate themselves with what abortion is, or maybe they're ignorant of what abortion is. The radical leftist Democrats don't want those people, those vaguely pro-choice people to be educated. So they don't want to talk about it. Um, They don't want people to understand the reality of what abortion is because it turns people towards defending 
the sanctity of life, towards the pro-life movement, if you will, or at least the pro-life side of the debate here. And so what the left is doing is they ignore the reality of abortion. And at the same time, they just come in guns blazing with emotionally manipulative talking points. The talking points that we've seen in the last 10 days have to do with ectopic pregnancy, with coat hanger abortions, and with children, little girls who have been raped and impregnated by their rapists. And what the left does is they say, women who have experienced miscarriage, I'm talking to you, they say. You you remember how heartrending it was when you miscarried. You remember how physically difficult that was when you miscarried. It's, it's a traumatic thing, not just emotionally because you've lost a baby, but physically. I miscarried a baby um, before my daughter was born. And it's one of the most horrendous, heartbreaking things that I've ever experienced. I would never wish that even on my worst enemy. And so the left looks at all of us women who have been through this experience and they say, if abortion is prohibited, if it's illegal, all these states that had the trigger laws that said that in the event that Roe v. Wade was overturned, abortion will be, become illegal automatically in our state. The left is saying, if you miscarry in that state, if you have an ectopic pregnancy, which is a life-threatening type of miscarriage, then you won't be able to get medical care because it will be prohibited under these trigger laws that ban abortion. And this is a really scary thing. In fact, I have, I have acquaintances who are not political, these are people I've known all my life, who were actually posting on social media, buying into this narrative. They would have otherwise been pro-life, but they're not particularly active in politics. And I, I saw posts from them saying, this cannot, we cannot allow this because I've had a miscarriage and I needed medical care. And you know, th this, is, this is too far. And of course, it's a lie. Ectopic pregnancy, the treatment for ectopic pregnancy is not prohibited in any way, shape or form under these laws. But this narrative strikes fear in the heart of women all over the country and those who love us. And so I want to go through some of the facts about what ectopic pregnancy is, um, because the left is completely lying about it. So what an ectopic pregnancy is, is a fertilized egg, which means a, a new a new tiny baby. This is, this is past the moment of conception, but before it is implanted in the uterus, um, it implants in the in an improper place. It implants most often in the fallopian tube of the woman. It's supposed to simply pass through the fallopian tube um, before it reaches the uterus and implants in the uterus. But incorrectly, it implants in the fallopian tube. And this is this can be a life threatening um, this can be a life threatening medical event for a woman because what happens if the baby implants in the, in the tube in the fallopian tube is it, it causes or it can cause if it's not caught it can cause the tube to rupture, which causes life-threatening bleeding. And this happens very quickly once the tube ruptures. Um, and so obviously when an ectopic pregnancy is discovered, when an OBGYN or a midwife discovers that the baby has not implanted in the uterus, but has implanted outside of the uterus, um, you go in for treatment. And um, this is where the left likes to lie. They like to say, this is an abortion. What happens in the treatment of an ectopic pregnancy that's discovered before it ruptures is an abortion. That, my friends, is false. So how did you sleep last night? If you answered this question, eh, not so great, or just okay, or do not ask, then you are not alone, my friends. One out of every three Americans report being sleep deprived, and your sheets could be part of the problem. That's why I like cozy earth sheets. The wrong sheets can trap body heat, leaving you boiling one minute and freezing the next. You know exactly the feeling I'm talking about. It is truly icky. There is a solution though. Cozy Earth sheets, they are the softest, most luxurious and best temperature regulating sheets on the planet. It's like sleeping on a cloud, which makes sense because they're made from bamboo, which allows cozy, cozy Earth sheets to breathe. So you sleep at the perfect temperature all year round. Cozy Earth even offers a 100 night sleep trial, which means that you have up to 100 nights to sleep on it, wash it, try it out. If you're not completely in love, you just send it back for a full refund. You can now save 35% on Cozy Earth Bamboo Bedding. That's right, 35% if you go to my URL. It's CozyEarth.com slash Liz35. You have to hurry, this offer ends soon. It's CozyEarth.com slash Liz35. CozyEarth.com slash L-I-Z-3-5. CozyEarth.com slash Liz35. And you can get 35% off Cozy Earth Bamboo Bedding and a really, really good night's sleep. I like them. They sent me the product. I use them on my bed all the time. I really like them. I think you will too. CozyEarth.com slash Liz35. So there is a an OBGYN, a pro-life OBGYN named Do Dr. Donna Harrison, who um, studies ectopic pregnancies. And she says in 90, this is a quote from her, in 93% of ectopic pregnancies, there is either no fetus at all or a fetus who has already died. 
So most ectopic pregnancies are discovered between seven and eight weeks of pregnancy. And by that time, by the time it's discovered, whether it's pain, whether it's bleeding, those are kind of the classic symptoms of an ectopic pregnancy in early pregnancy. Um, 93% of the time, by the time those symptoms are manifesting, the baby has already died. The left doesn't tell you this. The left doesn't tell you that before the treatment of an ectopic pregnancy happens, the vast, vast, vast majority of the time, more than nine out of 10 times, 93% of times, the baby has already died. Um, this, this view, this, this number, this 93% is corroborated by a doctor at the University of Edinburgh, or Edinburgh, Dr. W. Colin Duncan. He says that the number is probably higher than 93% of the time. The left doesn't tell us about this. So oftentimes what causes then, what causes the rupture in the fallopian tube is not the baby growing. It's not a living baby that's growing in there. It's actually the other tissue that supports a pregnancy um, that continues to grow that causes the rupture. And this happens, an ectopic pregnancy happens maybe between one and 2% of abortions. So, or pregnancies, I should say, between one and 2% of pregnancies. So it's, it's very rare that um, an ectopic pregnancy happens. And then the vast majority of ectopic pregnancies, the baby's already dead before, the, before you even realize that it is an ectopic pregnancy. Again, if you don't treat it, it can lead to life-threatening bleeding, which can lead to death. But what is the treatment? So there, there are three different ways you can treat an ectopic pregnancy. You can treat it with medication, you can treat it laparoscopically, or you can treat it with, surg uh, with surgery. And the allegation from the left is that when you treat it with medication, that that's, that's an abortion. That's, a, that's the same as a chemical abortion, they say. This is not true. So when you have an ectopic pregnancy, if you treat it with medication, then you would treat it with methotrexate is what the drug is called. Now, methotrexate is an injection that causes the cells, this, this tissue that would support the pregnancy that's inside the tube implanted improperly to dissolve. And this is maybe the easiest way to treat it. If it's not an advanced ectopic pregnancy, it dissolves the cells, clears out the tube, and that's that. And this is, the left says, oh, well, that's, that's the abortion pill. That's not true. Is this the abortion pill? It's very, very uncommon that methotrexate is used in a chemical abortion. Sometimes it might be, but it's very uncommon. More commonly, the abortion pills are the combination of uh, mifepristone, and perhaps I'm butchering the names of the abortion drugs, and I don't care. Um, and mifepristone is very, very uncommonly used to treat an ectopic pregnancy. Now, in a, in a chemical abortion, you actually take two drugs. You take the first one, mifepristone, and then you take misoprostol, and you never use that for an ectopic pregnancy. So what the left is doing is they're trying to confuse us. They're trying to strike fear in our hearts. And they miss the larger picture here. So not only is 93% of the time this, this, this baby that implanted improperly in the tube um, already dead. This this baby was never viable. This baby could never have properly grown and developed, um, which is tragic. It's it's very sad. I mean, I've had friends go through this, and it's 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 heartbreaking. You've lost your baby, but it's 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 improper to compare a treatment for a life threatening illness that sometimes, in a very small fraction of cases, causes secondarily as an indirect result causes the death of a baby to an abortion, which is a deliberate act to end the baby's life intentionally. You can compare this to, um, it, it, you can compare this to a, a mom who has cancer. If a mom finds out well, while she's pregnant that she has cancer, it is ethically permissible for her to undergo cancer treatments, even if there's a risk that the cancer treatments would secondarily, their primary purpose would be to, um, to address the cancer, but the secondary purpose could cause harm or death to the child. That's still not an abortion. That's still ethically and morally permissible. I know a lot of women choose not to do that. And I have an immense amount of respect for women who choose not to do that. In fact, my confirmation saint is Saint Gianna, who was in this exact same situation and chose not to undergo cancer treatment, saved the life of her daughter, who uh, is living today, actually. Her daughter is a, uh, a doctor today. Um, but this is, this is the difference between an ectopic pregnancy treatment, even in the very rare cases the same drug would be used, is the intention of that drug in an ectopic pregnancy is not to deliberately end the life of that child. The, the intention of that drug is to save the life of the mother by, by preventing her tube, her, her fallopian tube from rupturing. There's also, when it comes to the same drugs being used for different things, there's obviously abuse of drugs versus the rightly ordered use of a drug. I mean, you can look at opioids. Opioids, if you use them after surgery to manage pain, that's the rightly ordered use of that drug. But if you inject yourself with them on the street, if you are a junkie, then that is, that is the wrong use of that drug and that becomes an abuse of that drug. 
The same thing with puberty blockers, actually. We talk about this all the time with trans ki or kids that are trans. Well, the puberty blocking medication that is used um, to, to halt puberty for children, um, that's an improper use of that drug. But that drug is also used to treat prostate cancer in middle-aged men. And that's, that's okay to use that drug. It's not, it's not the drug in and of itself that is intrinsically wrong. It's whether it's used in a proper way, a rightly ordered way, or whether it's abused. That's the same thing with an ectopic pregnancy. And that's the medication aspect of how treatment for an ectopic pregnancy works. You can also have laparoscopic surgery or, um, or you know, full-blown surgery, depending on the level, whether or not the, the tube has already ruptured in an ectopic pregnancy. But it's mostly the medication aspect that the radical left likes to falsely conflate with an abortion. It's simply not. In fact, um, I think it's kind of humorous to use Planned Parenthood as a source because Planned Parenthood, it, I mean, they're obviously so grotesque, but even Planned Parenthood says, and I quote, treating an ectopic pregnancy is not the same thing as getting an abortion. The medical procedures for abortions are not the same as the medical procedures for an ectopic pregnancy. Even Planned Parenthood says that, um, which not that they're an expert, not that they're a credible source, but it is a little ironic that the left is that the left is propagating this false narrative that even their own Planned Parenthood is contradicting. So then we get to the legal aspect of this, the laws. Zero of the trigger laws, no pro-life law, anti-abortion law that's on the books anywhere in the entire United States prohibits treatment for ectopic pregnancy, period. The left knows this, Democrats know this, pro-abortion acti activists know this, doctors know this, nurses know this. This is, this is a lie that is coming from the left at large intended to co-opt women who are maybe not politically active, who maybe haven't read the legislation themselves, who have suffered miscarriages or who have friends who have suffered ectopic pregnancies. It is intended to manipulate these women emotionally in order to get them to support abortion without actually having to talk about what abortion is. This is how desperate the left is. This is how evil the left is. Elizabeth Warren, Senator Elizabeth Warren, is so evil. She might be the most radically pro-abortion person in our entire government right now. She's actually targeting crisis pregnancy centers, the place where all the things that the left is constantly telling us that in order to be pro-life, you can't just you can't just protect unborn children. You also have to support mothers and you have to support children outside the womb and you have to support fathers and you have to, you know, they're basically telling us that we have to support this gargantuan welfare state, which isn't true, but all of the things that the left tells us that we ought to do to support women in crisis pregnancies, we do with crisis pregnancy centers. And yet, Senator Elizabeth Warren is targeting crisis pregnancy centers. This is what she tweeted. She said, in Massachusetts, so-called crisis pregnancy centers outnumber legitimate abortion care providers three to one. We need to crack down on the deceptive practices these centers use to prevent people from getting abortion care. And I've got a bill to do just that. How creepy is that? How absolutely creepy is that? This is what her bill does. By the way, Elizabeth Warren is like the biggest proponent of the administrative state, the biggest proponent of the swamp, of using the power of executive agencies who are filled with bureaucrats who are not accountable to voters um, to do her dirty work because she knows it'll never pass through Congress. This bill is a perfect example of that. It, um, it essentially empowers the Federal Trade Commission of all places, the FTC, to issue rules. Oh, issue rules. Classic administrative state. To, quote unquote, prohibit deceptive or misleading advertising related to the provision of abortion services. The FTC is also allowed to enforce these rules and they are allowed to uh, penalize, monetarily penalize, organizations that violate the rules that they make up. So they are both the judge, the jury, and the executioner. Lovely, really lovely, Senator Warren. Um, but this, so Senator Warren has some co-sponsors on this bill, one of whom is Congresswoman Carolyn Maloney. And this is what she says. This is where it gets really creepy. She says, no one should have to question that the person they are seeking medical advice from is actually a doctor or that information is accurate, objective, and complete. Let me just interrupt Congresswoman Maloney for a second. It was the left who advocated for not doctors to be able to actually inflict abortions on women. They wanted nurse practitioners and PAs to be able to facilitate abortions. But now, suddenly, when it's, when it's on the flip side here, when we have, have pro-life crisis pregnancy centers staffed with not just medical professionals, but also 
um, but also not just doctors, I should say, but other medical professionals or well-meaning counselors or pro-lifers who are there to help women with their time and their money and their love, suddenly only doctors should be able to talk about abortion. Funny how that works. Maloney goes on to say, it is truly disgusting that reproductive rights are being threatened and attacked by crisis pregnancy centers whose guiding principle is to mislead, misinform, and outright lie to pregnant people in order to dissuade them from having an abortion. LOL. In the same sentence that she uses the word pregnant people, she talks about out and out lying. Okay, what is a pregnant person, Congressman Maloney? Tell me exactly what a pregnant person is. She said, it is long past time that we prohibit these predatory tactics to undermine reproductive rights. This legislation cracks down on disinformation by simply requiring the FTC to ensure honesty for those that advertise reproductive health care. So that sentence is the sentence that just gives me the ugh, the creepies, the heebie-jeebies, um, that cracks down on disinformation by simply requiring the FTC to ensure honesty for those that advertise reproductive health care. Do you know what this means? This means that if this bill becomes law, crisis pregnancy centers across the country would not be able to actually say what they do. They would not be able to actually speak the truth. They wouldn't be able to say, Life begins at conception. A human life begins the moment a sperm and an egg fuse and form a unique DNA. This is a person. This is a baby. There's no other time during a pregnancy that, that an embryo or a fetus goes from not being a baby to being a baby. The only moment that that could happen is the moment of conception. And abortion is a gruesome, brutal procedure that ends that life and will harm you as the woman too. That you'll, you'll, you'll feel regret that studies show you'll, you'll have more depression and anxiety. You'll be, you'll perhaps be more likely to commit suicide. You will harm your fertility. There's, there's a correlation between cancer and heart disease and abortion. Crisis pregnancy centers won't be allowed to say any of that if Elizabeth Warren gets her way, because this bill is intended to crack down on so-called disinformation. We know the definition of disinformation when it comes from the left. It's anything that the left doesn't want you to hear. This bill is terrifying, absolutely terrifying. This is from Warren's press release. She says, crisis pregnancy centers routinely use a variety of deceptive tactics, including making false claims about reproductive health care and disseminating inaccurate, misleading, and stigmatizing information about abortion and contraception. Additionally, most crisis pregnancy centers in the United States do not employ licensed medical personnel or provide referrals for birth control or abortion care. So what does this mean? That she wants the FTC to fine crisis pregnancy centers if, if, if the FTC, under the liberal administration that we have right now, thinks that being pro-life stigmatizes abortion? If you don't celebrate abortion, you should be fined by the FTC. If you don't refer for abortion, you should be fined by the FTC. This is, this is really scary stuff, but this is, what, this is what the left is doing. They say, you know, if you have an ectopic pregnancy, a miscarriage, you won't be able to find treatment because it's, it's prohibited under these pro-life laws. That's false. They say women will die. You're being misled. That's absolutely false. The people who are misleading women right now are the left. And then we have this, this coat hanger abortion narrative that the left says, You'll never eliminate abortion. I think this is how the saying goes. You'll never eliminate abortion. You'll just eliminate safe abortion. So obviously that's an oxymoron. There is no safe abortion because every abortion results in the death of at least one person. But to the left, they, what they're trying to do is they're trying to make you think that if you can't go to a Planned Parenthood and get an abortion, that you will go in the back alley somewhere and take a wire coat hanger and destroy yourself and your unborn child. This is, and you will die in the process. Women will die in the process. This is what the left wants you to think. Is this true? Is this, will this happen? Is this what we're going to face if we illegalize abortion? Let's look at the facts. Let's look at the history of our country. Let's look at whether this happened before Roe v. Wade. Because remember, Roe v. Wade was in 1973. So we don't have to travel back. We only have to travel back 49 years, actually. Um, and 49 years ago, in many states, abortion was highly restricted or illegal. So did we face this same epidemic of coat hanger abortions, these back alley abortions? Were women, women dying from illegal abortions? The founder, the co-founder of NARAL, who is, which is one of the biggest pro-abortion lobby organizations in the country, his name is Dr. Bernard Nathanson, um, he addresses this narrative. Remember, this guy founded this, this abortion lobbyist organization. And one of the talking points from the left is that 5,000, 10,000 women die of illegal abortions every year. And this is what the co-founder of NARAL admitted. He said, quote, it was always 5,000 to 10,000 deaths a year. I confess, he said, 
that I knew the figures were totally false. And I suppose the others did too, if they stopped to think of it. But in the, quote, morality of our revolution, it was a useful figure, widely accepted. So why go out of our way to correct it with honest statistics? The overriding concern was to get the laws eliminated and anything within reason that had to be done was permissible. End quote. So he lied. The abortion lobby lied. They, they invented a number and they disseminated it. No one questioned it. It wasn't debunked because no one questioned it. It became this, this, this talking point that was propagated by the left and it was never true. It was always a lie. In fact, the year before Roe v. Wade in our country, when abortion was illegal in many places, according to the CDC, the, the number of women who died from illegal abortions, the, the year before Roe v. Wade was legal, the number of women who died from illegal abortions was 39. Now, 39 is a lot of people. That's a lot of women. That's a lot of, that's a lot of lives lost that didn't have to be lost. It's, it's a tragedy. It's really sad. And it, it could have been entirely avoided if these women had chosen life. They didn't have to die. They died based on a deliberate decision that they made. And it's still tragic. It could have been avoided, but 39 is not 5,000. It's not 10,000. It's not millions of women are going to die from back alley abortions. In fact, there's an abortion historian by the name of Joseph Delpana who says the following about, about the mortality rate associated with both legal abortions and illegal abortions. This is what he said. He said, the data suggests that there have been as many maternal deaths in the United States annually from legal abortions. Estimates, he says, range from 15 to 35 per year as there were maternal deaths from illegal abortions in the years immediately before Roe v. Wade was decided. So maybe, just maybe, abortion itself is dangerous. Abortion itself is deadly whether or not the law permits it or the law prohibits it. In fact, the um, the former medical director for Planned Parenthood, her name is Dr. Mary Calderon, she in 1960, in 1960, remember abortion was illegal in 1960, Roe v. Wade did not happen. She published a report called Illegal Abortion as a Public Health Problem. This was published in the American Journal of Public Health. And, and she actually looked at this. What, what do women, are women more likely to die from illegal abortions or legal abortions and how do laws impact that? And this is what she found in her report. She said, quote, abortion is no longer a dangerous procedure. This applies not just to therapeutic abortions as performed in hospitals, but also to so-called illegal abortions done by physicians. She said 90% of all illegal abortions are presently being done by physicians. Call them what you will, abortionists or anything else, they are still phys physicians trained as such, and many of them are in good standing in their communities. They must do a pretty good job if the death rate is as low as it is. So it's not in back alleys, it's not with coat hangers. When illegal abortions are performed, they're still performed by doctors who are simply performing the procedure illegally in violation of, of the law. Um, there's a sociologist in 1969 who named Nancy Howell, who found much the same thing. Now, I like Moinkbox because they are helping keep the United States independent from China. And I like that. 60% of U.S. pork production comes from one company owned by the Chinese, and their hogs are giving something called ractopamine, which is banned in 160 countries around the world, ironically, including China. Yet, you will find it in your grocery aisle every day. There is a better way. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable caught, wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Moink farmers farm like our grandparents did. And as a result, Moink meat tastes like it should because the family farm does it better. You choose the meat delivered in every box, like ribeyes, chicken breasts, pork chops, salmon fillets, much more. Plus, you can cancel anytime. I love Moink because they are committed to our country. And my husband can attest to the fact that Moink meat tastes good. Keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash Liz right now. If you use my URL, you will get free filet mignon in every order for a year. That's right. That's one year of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste, but for a limited time. It's spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Liz. That's moinkbox.com slash Liz. You'll be glad you did. My family likes it and I know yours will too. 
Okay, so sociologist Nancy Howell-Lee wrote in 1969 that um, self-induced abortions were rare. So this this is corroborating evidence, right? It's not just this former medical director from Planned Parenthood. It's also a sociologist that was investigating abortion in our country when abortion was illegal. Um, so then we look again at the CDC, and you, you can see this on your screen right now. This is, this is data about the mortality rates of abortions, and side by side in these columns, it's legal abortions, the number of women who died from legal abortions, the number of women who died from illegal abortions here in the United States since Roe v. Wade. And the fact of the matter is, look at that first column. There are hundreds and hundreds of women who have died in the United States from legal abortion. And yet the radical left doesn't want to talk about that. The left doesn't want, doesn't want women to fear legal abortion, even though, look at those numbers. That's a lot of women who have died from legal abortion in our country in, in the last 49 years. The left doesn't want to talk about any of this because if they did, if they told you the truth, if they told women in our country the truth, then women would not support abortion. Women would be grossed out by what the radical left is pushing on them. And in fact, um, the left knows that they're about to lose this battle. They know that we are on the cusp of a culture of life in our nation, not just at the political level, but at, at, the, at the greater societal level. And so they trot out just the most heartbreaking, the most awful, the most, I, I mean, I, I, I don't even have the adjectives to describe this, but essentially the left is using a 10-year-old girl who was raped, who was impregnated by her rapist as their clarion call for abortion. And the mainstream media, CNN, Dana, Dana Bash at CNN specifically, is trying to hold um, conservatives who are pro-life their feet to the fire over this horrendous, um, this horrendous incident. This, this, is, this is Governor Christy Nome. Let me ask you about that. The Indianapolis Star is reporting that a 10-year-old girl in Ohio who was six weeks and three days pregnant now has to travel across state lines to Indiana to receive an abortion. So I just, mm -hmm. because this is a trigger law that was passed before you became governor, I wanted you to be clear. Will the state of South Dakota going forward force a 10-year-old in that very same situation to have a baby? You know what I think is incredible, Dana, in this tragic story? Because I heard about this last night. What's incredible is that nobody's talking about the pervert, horrible, right. and deranged individual that raped a 10-year-old. And what is it? What are we doing about that? I agree what with you. What are we you. doing about I mean, those of individuals course. that that's, do this that's, That is children. an important discussion you, to have. You but, rape but children. The, this, that's an issue that the Supreme yeah, Court has weighed in as well. I, I, listen, I totally understand that. And as much as we talk that, about our, what we can do for that little girl, I think we also need to be addressing those sick individuals that do right. this to our children. I couldn't agree more. So but this, our bodies are our bodies, and women are the ones who, uh, who get pregnant. And in this case, it wasn't a woman. It was a girl. This, this is where I get, so, I get so angry at society. I get so angry hearing that this little child wasn't protected. I mean, th this is truly, as I said, the left is so desperate because they are exploiting this child who has been victimized. She has been violated. She has suffered what nobody should suffer, being raped the way that she was. And the left uses her um, to try to push their radical leftist abortion agenda. And... Christy Nome, Governor Nome, was correct in her first answer here. She was correct that you don't hear the radical left calling for these rapists to be prosecuted. And the number of rapists in our country who aren't prosecuted is appalling. According to the Central Minnesota Sexual Assault Center, this is what they say, 60% of rapes and sexual assaults are not reported to police. Those rapists, of course, then never spend a day in jail. Factoring in unreported rapes, only about 6% of rapists ever serve a day in jail. 6%. If the rape is reported, there's a 50% chance of an arrest. So where's the left? Where's the left advocating for this little girl and justice to be served? They're not. They're advocating for, for ab abortion. You never hear the left talk about any of the factors that would make a child vulnerable to this kind of violation or abuse. For example, child pornography. We know that child pornography laws are abysmally enforced in this country, that oftentimes if you are caught in possession of child pornography, you get a slap on the wrist. You, you do not spend your life in prison as you should for consuming material depicting the sexual torture of babies and toddlers. 
And we know that the reason for this is because judges across our country and legislatures at the state level that would regulate this ignore the correlation between pornography and child pornography specifically and contact offenders, meaning you are very likely to be a contact offender to commit sexual assault or rape against a child if you have consumed material depicting the sexual assault or torture of a child or a toddler or a baby. And yet where's the left talking about child pornography laws, talking about these lenient sentences for child sex offenders? They're silent because they don't actually care about these children. They're just using these children to tug at our heartstrings, hoping that it will make us more likely to support their abortion agenda. Here's the thing. What happened to this child is unspeakable. And thank God in our country, this is extremely uncommon. This is an anomaly. This is not something that happens every day. I looked up statistics to see how often this happens. And it's so uncommon that we don't even have statistics for 10-year-olds alone. We have statistics that show how many girls between the ages of 10 and 14 are impregnated every year because they are the age 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14. That's below the age of consent. So every single one of those is, is at least a statutory rape. And 1,700 times a year, children between the ages of 10 and 14 are impregnated by their rapists. Now, assuming that there is an equal distribution between age 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14, and this premise is being very generous because I'm sure it is not an equal distribution because 13 and 14-year-olds can have developed mature bodies, and so I'm sure that um, the numbers skew towards 13 and 14-year-olds and, and skew away from 10-year-olds, but even for a second, assuming that it's an even distribution, if 1,700 times a year children between the ages of 10 and 14 are impregnated by their rapists, that means it's about 340 10-year-olds a year who are impregnated by their rapists. Every single one of these is so horrendous. Every single one of these rapists should spend their entire life in prison. And in fact, the invitation is open for any enterprising journalist to track down the rapists for each of these statistics and see whether this evil person is serving their life in prison as they should, or whether state laws and prosecutors and judges have issued lenient sentences. And if so, why? Wouldn't that be an interesting investigation? But 340 times compared to how many abortions there are in the United States, if there are 600,000 or 700,000, the number fluctuates, abortions in our country every year, then children age 10 who've been impregnated by their rapists account for 0.05% of abortions. And so what does the left do? The left takes this, this horrendous anomaly and they use this to try to define the broader abortion policy. They ignore the reality of what the 99.9999% of abortions actually are. They are elective abortions by grown women, adults who don't want to be inconvenienced by a pregnancy and therefore kill their unborn child for financial sake or career sake or because they don't want to take care of the responsibility of a child. That's the vast majority of abortions that the left doesn't want to talk about. And so they find these horrendous anomalies that make us all sick to our stomach because it is sickening. And they use that to try to emotionally manipulate us into supporting abortion. Abortion does not help a child like this 10-year-old recover from the trauma of rape. What it does is it ends the life of another child. My friends, be not afraid to fight for both of these children, the 10-year-old and the child that she's carrying. Be not afraid to speak the truth in response to the left's despicable emotional manipulation. Because what they're doing is they're emotionally blackmailing us, trying to make us feel backed into a corner so that abortion, elective abortion, for any reason at any point of the pregnancy, becomes law. The reality of these, anom these horrendous anomalies doesn't have to end with generational trauma. It can end like this. I looked at my birth certificate for the very first time and just kind of studied it. 
her gender, they called her a Negro girl, and that was the first thing I saw, and it just kind of grabbed my heart. But then I saw her age, and she was 12. And that just really struck a chord in me because I realized just how young my mother was when something so horrible had visited upon her. Even to this day, it's a very hard word to say, but my mother was raped. Given her young age, at 11 years old, my father being 21. They was hurt, we was all devastated. But my mother said, you know, you're pregnant, so we're gonna get through this. And she helped me get through it. I don't want to use the word choice. She was going to be born. I didn't have a choice to say, you're going to live, I'm going to abort you. That wasn't a choice for me. And I thank God it wasn't a choice for me. As a child, I knew no difference. I was loved and um, I felt loved. It gave me a greater appreciation for my mother. It helped me to forgive a lot of the mistakes someone at that age, having gone through such trauma, would have made in their own parenting. But it definitely made me become very adamant about the sanctity of life, of all life, regardless of their conception, regardless of how they arrived that I am <laughs> valuable, I'm worthy, and my life has purpose. That's what the left doesn't want you to see. They want us all to be backed into a corner, emotionally blackmailed into supporting their agenda when every single thing that they tell us about ectopic pregnancies, about coat hanger abortions, and about 10-year-olds who are impregnated by their rapists is 100% categorically false. I'll be in Washington, D.C. at the end of July uh, at the Young America's Foundation National Conservative Student Conference. This is one of the most fun conferences that YAF puts on, and I invite you to join us. There are still seats left, and if you use my promo code LIZ, then you can get half off of your tuition. You just go to yaf.org slash events, and you can get half off of the tuition. I speak at YAF conferences frequently. I've spoken at this particular one in the past. Um, I love it. I love the students that go. I also am honored to be joined by many of my friends in politics and the media at this conference this year. We're talking Congressman Chip Roy will be speaking. Molly Hemingway will be speaking. Andrew Clavin will be speaking. Vice President Mike Pence will be speaking. Betsy DeVos, Governor Scott Walker, and many, many more. Uh, some of whom who are yet to be announced and you will be very excited to hear about who they are. So if you are a college student currently or if you know a college student who wants to come hang out with other young conservatives and they should. It's a really fun time. Um, tuition is only $150. If you use my promo code LIZ, then you can get half off. That deal is for a limited time. To, so go to yaf.org slash events. Also, if you join us over on Locals right now, we are going to talk about the most hilarious article published by Salon this weekend over Independence Day weekend, claiming that Joe Biden deserves the praise of a founding father. You guys, you have to read this with me. It's so funny. Just go to lizwheelershow.com slash locals. Um, <laughs> You don't want to miss it. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. The Liz Wheeler Show is produced by Jonathan Hay. Executive producer, Chad Abbott. Director of photography, Kevin McRoberts. Editor, Alejandro Figuerilla. Sound mixer, Robin Fenderson. Director of marketing, Emily Washler. Production and talent coordinator, Matt Toffler. And senior publicist, Patricia Jackson. This has been a Soundfront production.